welcome to a very special episode of Foreign Correspondence. This is our 50th episode. We made it. Hard to believe 50 episodes have gone by with 49 journalists. It's also the two-year anniversary of the podcast's official launch on May 19th. So for this episode, I thought I'd do something a little different. First, to those of you who have listened since early on, I want to say thank you and a big welcome to all the new listeners we picked up along the way. I want to take a minute to shout out some listeners in particular. So it turns out I was getting Facebook Messenger messages on the Foreign Correspondent Facebook page, which I didn't notice for about a year. So uh, sorry about that. Thanks to Antozik in South Africa, Scott in Australia, Kazir in Canada, and Jacob in the UK for reaching out with your suggestions. And apologies if I pronounced any of your names wrong. If you yourself listening right now have any feedback or want to suggest that I interview a particular journalist, please feel free to email me at foreignpod at gmail.com. Send a message to the Foreign Correspondents Facebook page. I'll be sure to respond sooner this time. Or reach out to me on Twitter at, at foreignpod. So, for our 50th episode, I'm doing something a little bit different. I like to think if Foreign Correspondents were a movie, on the movie poster it would have one of those pull quotes, like where it says, the critic says, quote, superb, or, quote, a masterful addition to the genre, unquote, or whatever it is they say on movie posters. But for Foreign Correspondents, it would say, quote, a love letter to journalists, because that is really what this podcast is, a tribute to journalists everywhere. So for this episode, I thought I'd pay tribute to another love letter to journalism. That's right, we're talking about the movie Spotlight. One question I ask every guest is what is your favorite film, book, TV show, or other media about journalists, and why? It should come as no surprise that many guests say their favorite is the movie Spotlight. That's the movie with Mark Ruffalo, Rachel McAdams, Michael Keaton, and Liev Schreiber that won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 2015. Spotlight was the answer for about 8 out of 50 of the guests. At first, I would groan to myself and think, ugh, Spotlight again? Listeners must be getting bored. But I began to be surprised how different people found different things about Spotlight to highlight. So what you'll find in this episode is a supercut of the comments on Spotlight, along with some clips from the movie that they talked about, highlighting those little details about the movie that make it such an accurate, compelling picture of journalism. I'll give the name of each journalist before their clip, starting with Camilla Costa, who all the way back in episode three was the first to talk about Spotlight. Of course, I couldn't do a special Spotlight episode without re-watching the movie and giving some of my own thoughts. I remember seeing it back in 2015 and thinking, eh, good movie, and not really giving it much more thought beyond that. But seeing it again, I was surprised how gripping I found it and how much it dredged up memories from my own career. Journalism is not rocket science. The people in Spotlight are not geniuses. They're taking the same simple tools that journalists everywhere use every day, interviewing, digging into public records, following up on leads, and more than anything, just making phone calls and knocking on doors. The key is how they deploy these simple tools to the maximum effect and with the utmost commitment. One crucial thing that I saw again and again in the movie is that certain characters would point out that they had covered this issue before. It was just they had done it in small ways, in bits and pieces, a breaking news story here or there on this or that priest caught molesting children. They even did run a story on the allegations against 20 priests, but it didn't really enter the public consciousness before the Spotlight team investigated it. That really drove home for me the power that journalists have when they decide what resources and how much play to give something. It matters when something is on the front page above the fold versus when it's stuck in the middle of the newspaper. It matters when you take months to turn over every stone and write a truly in-depth piece. 
Someone, in this case the editor Marty Baron, just had to make the seemingly simple decision that we need to go deeper, and we need to go big on how we present it. Is this rocket science? Not really, but so many people before them had failed to confer it with the proper importance. I find that heartening. The people in Spotlight aren't some sort of journalism gods. You too, if you learn the basics and get better at them over time, can also do stories that make a difference if you just deploy those simple tools in the right way to the right effect. I feel like so often young journalists see TV or movies about journalists, or they read these long reads in the New Yorker or the New York Times, and it seems so extremely distant and absolutely unattainable when you are starting out. Really, these journalists are just people out there doing their best, just like you. And I hope that comes through in the podcast. I realize this is a very long intro, so I'll just wrap up by saying some of the things that it reminded me of in my own career. Reminded me of driving out to the courthouse in Horry County, South Carolina, to get there before they close to pull some court records. In one scene, Mark Ruffalo gets an unexpected phone call late at night in his apartment and squeezes his phone between his ear and his shoulder, scribbling notes and going straight into interview mode, despite the off hours. I think we've all been there. They stake out the lawyer's office who has represented many victims just so that they can talk to him for two minutes. That certainly rings true. Knocking on the door of often unfriendly people who don't want to talk to you. I remember doing that in Myrtle Beach, driving to a guy's house who had been charged for leading a Ponzi scheme to get his comment. Oh, and possibly my favorite, when Ruffalo runs into another reporter from the Boston Herald, one of their competing newspapers, and purposely tries to deflect that he's working on anything important. And of course, at the end, 9-11 happens and kind of steps on the spotlight story. I think we've all had that experience of our news getting buried or delayed when some bigger event comes along. Okay, enough about my musings. If you've made it this far, I hope you enjoy this supercut of past guests talking about the movie Spotlight. Enjoy. Camilla Costa for the BBC in London. I have to say that I think I have no time for the newsroom, and I think the newsroom is so over, how do you say this? What's the word? Over uh, valued? No, over. Yeah, I, I actually can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone is so snappy and talks a lot and very fast and has a ready answer. And you, we know newsrooms are not like that. But, well, anyway, I think it's hard. The one that I've loved the most recently was Spotlight. Okay, sure. First, because it's something that I want to do. So I'm sort of veering towards that. Uh, mm -hmm. Second of all, because to be honest, I think it's the film that I've seen that has captured the essence of what we do day to day. And you know when? When in the first... Did you see Spotlight? Yeah, yeah. I'm course. assuming as well that most, the most people who are listening to saw it. But it's that first scene, the very first scene, when they are in the newsroom... And they're saying goodbye to a colleague and they're eating cake. Uh -huh. And then they go back to their desks with the cake to keep working. When I saw that, I almost cried because I was like, this is our life. <laughs> eating cake and saying goodbye to the colleagues and getting back to the, to the desk with cake. Because, I mean, at least you have cake. Right. <laughs> cake is the single most important thing in a newsroom. We're perfectly happy with cake. Uh, <laughs> Anytime. So I think this, this to me was, this is real journalism. This is real life. How's the cake? It's really good. 
Are you saving yours? No, that's from mine. I can never eat at those things. They kind of depress me. I know. Do you see the numbers from Washington? Yeah. Yeah, they nailed that part. Yeah, um, and, and I think, they, yeah, and I think that all the president's men. Sure. Because, you know, it's the heroic, it's the whole heroic investigation. I mean, many, right? Because, I mean, we we start admiring those Tintin and Mary Tyler Moore and Murphy Brown. And yeah, there's a lot of heroes that we admire True. in journalism. So I'm, all of them had something to do with me. But I think the the recent favorite would be Spotlight. Gotcha. And yeah, that, I would say that in my office, they try to do once a quarter a thing for everybody's birthday and they order so much food and <laughs> invariably almost no one shows up. And uh, like the few people who do, we end up like eating at our desks. So it is. The funny. desk eating is the, is the decadence of the profession is actually the desk eating. Yeah, It's yeah. always, I mean, this is my life. I'm eating at my desk. <laughs> Brian Rosenthal for the New York Times in New York City. That that one's an easy one for me. Um, it's Spotlight. I just think that that is such an accurate portrayal of what we do every day. And, you know, whereas The Wire season five, people watch that who don't know us, you know, that hurts our credibility. Spotlight is just so, I, I just love that people got a chance to see that because that is what we do every day and I'm so proud of what we do every day and I love that people got a chance to see it so that's one of my favorite movies of all time yeah spotlight is great and uh, I've talked about with another guest about how even some of the little details like the standing around having cake for someone's retirement (laughs) is like a very newsroom thing like yeah. Down to little details too. They seem to have nailed it. Um, What's your answer on that one? That is a very good question. I feel like I had an answer at one point, but it's escaping me now. I've heard too many. What huh. is it? As soon as it um, gets turned on you, you can't answer the questions. <laughs> You're the second person to turn it on me. Terrence Edwards for Bloomberg in Mongolia. Spotlight was great. I remember that the year that won the Oscar. Because I, I remember watching that movie and thinking, wow, this is super accurate because of how many drawn out, maybe to some people, boring scenes because journalism is not that. I mean, it's it's not Tintin. It's not an adventure. You, you don't you don't go to the grocery store and walk into a crime scene or some some caper. Uh, a lot of it is just uh, knocking on doors and making phone calls and cold calling people and introducing yourself to people that don't want to talk to journalists or are very reluctant to tell their story because of embarrassment or or what people might think of them when that story is published or people that want to keep their identity private. I really empathized with uh, what they were doing and the fact that they were reporting on this one big story. And, you know, I enjoy all the president's men for different reasons, but how how understated things were in spotlight 
it really painted the job in a accurate way I thought and then I that's why I was surprised when it won the Oscar because I didn't see it as that prestige film the way um, there was that other movie about the Washington Post and the Pentagon Papers was it called the Post yeah I haven't seen it but it's called the Post yeah yeah I did not enjoy that movie because it it was hyper stylized and made everything look so it made everything look so dramatic as you know was where i would say things are mostly humdrum and people are just trying to do a good job and you know a lot of the the negative things people think about the media with you know it's all very conspiratorial it's you know every journalist is just an individual trying to report a good story and i i thought spotlight did a good job of that Paul Schrott, a freelance culture and entertainment journalist in Los Angeles. This is going to be another cliche, but maybe it's just because it's more recent. But I thought Spotlight was just like beautiful and especially just as a depiction of something that is very hard to dramatize on screen, I think which is the the slow, gradual accumulation of information that works into the story that, you, I mean, I've never worked on a story anywhere near that scale and can only imagine, but this, any journalist can relate to this, like, slow, but very, also very dramatic and intense accumulation of reporting, insights, information that builds, that snowball into this, like, much bigger thing that you realize has other consequences and and also just like I thought they showed a lot of respect to like the actual journalistic process in the movie while also weirdly making it so tense and like just so like the acting also in that movie is just the whole cast is incredible like it that movie I think is like it does less with more at like uh, or sorry it, it does more with less Spotlight does more with less where it kind of shows you the process which could be boring but somehow I still haven't cracked how it made it so fascinating but it's just a it's a deeply moving movie that also I think really gives you a great insight into what reporters who are on the sort of trenches of like really vital stories like that actually do like day in and day out not just when they get like the big deep throat scoop or whatever but like what they actually do day to day. Mega Rajagopalan for BuzzFeed News in London. I will be unoriginal and say Spotlight. I love Spotlight. It, it is probably my favorite movie ever about journalism. Probably I like it even more than All the President's Men, which is considered the gold standard in that genre. Or uh, I love the screwball comedies like His Girl Friday and Philadelphia Story and stuff too. But the reason I love Spotlight in particular is that not only just the fact that it's extremely realistic in its portrayal of the absolute drudgery of investigative journalism and how like utterly unglamorous it is um, to like knock on doors and like sit in a room wearing like bad clothes and like whatever um, under fluorescent lighting and like do this work. But I also love it because of Sasha Pfeiffer's character, which is like a, 
much more true to life than pretty much any portrayal of female journalists in the media I can think of. Like, female journalists in the media are almost always portrayed as basically, like, glorified prostitutes. And, you know, like, it's it's not... It's not a good image for the profession. Like, I mean, of course, no no shade to sex workers, but like, like it's not right to portray female journalists as essentially exchanging um, sex for information. And like, there's so many examples of this, you know, everything from House of Cards to Thank You for Smoking, like right. just like zillions and zillions. You know, and the thing is like, you think that people don't take this stuff seriously because it's Hollywood, but they really do. Like, I can't tell you how many times people have asked me, even sources, like people who, you know, people who have been to college, people who are, seem to be smart about the world, maybe people who should, who should know better, right, will, will say, like, but it's really like that, right? Like, like, tell the truth. And, like, you know, it's like, it's, it's not a good thing. Like, it's not a good thing. It discourages young women from going into the profession. It encourages sources to sexually harass female journals, which happens all the time, by the way. And it's something that we never talk about in the industry because it's like, there's no good fix for it. It encourages all of the stuff that we saw around Me Too, where young women journalists are, are mistreated in, within their own workplaces. It's just an, an incredibly toxic part of the way our culture talks about female journalists. And I really appreciate that Spotlight reflected the reality of the Spotlight team of the Boston Globe and uh, portrayed the woman member of that team like in an incredibly accurate way and showed the, you know, the totality of like the, the hard work that she did and how much she contributed to that story. And it was just like a real breath of fresh air. Artie Bedegari, a freelancer in Australia. So how many people do you ask this? I spot a lot. <laughs> Too many. I've had, uh, if I had to guess, eight out of 20. It's it's honestly in the last two or three, I think, also at Spotlight. So it'd be great if you had something other than Spotlight. <laughs> I have lots other than Spotlight, but I'm going to say first, Spotlight really annoyed me. Not because it wasn't a great piece of filmmaking and about my industry, but what really annoyed me was, you know, that scene where the, the victim came to the team and said, Guys, I've been telling you this for years. I've given you all the evidence. You've ignored it. Do you remember that scene? A little bit, yeah. This is testimony from the cost case. Phil, what's a treatment center? It's where they send priests when they get caught. I, this is all right here in the box. I sent this all to you guys five years ago. Uh, to the Globe. Who did, who did you send it to? I don't want to say who, but they said that they weren't interested. Uh, but, Phil, we, we did run a couple stories on you. I saw them in the clip. Yeah, but to be completely frank, it wasn't enough. You guys got to understand, this is big. This is not just Boston. This is a whole country. It's a whole world. And it goes right up to the Vatican. Yeah, that really annoyed me because I thought that's such a gift. You've got people who are handing you all this knowledge and all this discovery on a platter and you've ignored it. Like, I've done investigative work and it's a real hard slog and it's extremely difficult and you are constantly chasing all these little things that lead nowhere. To be given a story, like, and also as a freelancer where you fight for every story and every story idea, to be given that and to, to squander it, that really annoyed me. Ed Klaus, formerly of The Telegraph in London. Yeah, I would, I think probably, and this is perhaps a, an answer that you, you get a lot, so apologies, but 
spotlight for me is is the the best representation of journalism that i've ever seen and for the, for those who don't know spotlight is the account of the boston globe and their unveiling or uncovering of the catholic church sex abuse scandal in in boston and it's it's a wonderfully acted wonderfully shot and beautifully written film about that story and that of course the boston globe won multiple pulitzer prizes as a result of of breaking that story and you know for me the film is so good because it, it inspires me when i watch it as a journalist i'm like shit this is this it like gets my heart racing i'm like this is why i love being a journalist because it meticulously sort of documents the process from the first kind of lead they get and the first tip that they get on this story through the like methodical systematic approach to like interviewing different people involved in in this abuse scandal and the bureaucratic fight they have against the catholic church which has this outsized power in boston and anyone who's ever lived in like an authoritarian country can kind of see the echoes of of that in the catholic church and the power they had in catholic areas like boston and so that is brilliant and then just like there's a scene towards the end of the film and i won't i won't say too much about it but like there's this brilliant scene where they have the story it's pretty much ready to go and they 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 have a fight in the newsroom between the reporters and the editor because the reporters want to publish the story and the editor doesn't and and the editor wants to wait and they have this massive argument this, this this and like every journalist has had that experience like every journalist has had that argument with their editor where they're like this story needs to fucking go right now and the editor's like no it doesn't it need, it can wait and to to you as a reporter it's like it's literally like feels like life or death it's like if the story doesn't go then it's it's like the end of the world and the editor feels differently because they're less slightly less personally invested or they see things differently but the scene in which they have this fight this argument is like so accurate to me as a journalist even just down to the to the like the way the editor says to the reporter like are we done like are we done to like shut the reporter up and like i've had editors say that to me before (laughs) so i was like (laughs) you know so it's like super familiar we got them you can't read these letters and think anything else it's proof yeah it is this is good work. Should we take it up to Ben? Uh, no, not yet. Why not? We, we got law. This is it. No, this is law covering for one priest. There's another 90 out there. Yeah, and we'll, we'll print that story when we get it, but we, we got to go with this now. No, I'm not going to rush the story, Mike. But we don't have a choice, Robbie. If we don't rush to print, somebody else is going to find these letters no. and butcher the story. Joe Quimby from the Herald was at the freaking courthouse. So we'll write a holding story and we'll keep our eye on the Herald. Keep our eye on the Herald? Yeah. They run this and they get it wrong. The church will bury it. We, we got to do this now. Mike, Mike. What? Why, why are we hesitating? Barron told us to get law. This is law. Barron told us to get the system. We need the full scope. That's the only thing that will put an end to this. Now let's take it up to Ben. Let him decide. 
We'll take it to Ben when I say it's time. It's time, Robbie. It's time. They knew and they let it happen to kids. Okay? It could have been you. It could have been me. It could have been any of us. We got to nail these scumbags. We got to show people that nobody can get away with this. Not a priest or a cardinal or a freaking pope. You finished? Yeah, I am. This is bullshit. But yeah, it, it was like it was like really just a brilliant film. And, and ultimately, it's a film about like the impact that journalism can have on you know people's lives and uncovering abuse that they're afraid to talk about. And look at the the, 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 the conversation around the Catholic Church now, some, you know, n- nearly 20 years after that story came out by the Boston Globe. I mean, it will be with us for a long, long time. The the ramifications of that story will, will will be with us for a long, long time. So, yeah, just a just a brilliant film about a, a really monumental piece of journalism. Yeah, yeah, I would say, I mean, to reference Anchorman, 50% of the time people choose Spotlight every time. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's just like, look, accuracy is super important in our industry. And like there are a lot of accounts of journalism in popular media that are complete horseshit right and like so many so many women journalists sleeping with sources which is just like really ridiculous so many journalists that are like doing super unethical shit which like basically never really happens um on the whole and like so when when a film or a piece of media comes along that like is an accurate reflection I really, really appreciate it. And that scene, the argument kind of felt real to me, you know, it gave, it made it ring true. And so that, that, that's kind of why I I mentioned that scene specifically, but it, it just, it gave the film an air of authenticity. Joanna Kakissis for National Public Radio in Greece. You probably heard this before, but I love Spotlight. I actually watch it probably once a month. <laughs> I think I've seen it like 20 times. Uh, more than that, what am I saying? Probably 30 times at this at this point. I own it, and so I watch it. I mean, I know my a lot of my friends watch All the President's Men, but I, I find All the President's Men very male. <laughs> it's like very like offensive <laughs> in some ways, why like the way they treat women. And, and I know that's the way it was back then, but I'm just like, that's so irritating. It's a great movie, and it's got lots of suspense and everything. But but yeah, Spot, I like Spotlight because I think it more than any other film I've seen shows sort of the low key sort of unglamorous reality of what we do. You know, a lot of what we do is we look stuff up in documents, we research and it's it's laborious. We try to get people who don't want to talk to us to talk to us <laughs> and, and it's hard it's really hard. And I think and I feel that that movie portrays that very well and very subtly. And it also showed the effect of covering stories on the journalists themselves who are regular people, you know, living sort of middle class lives in, in Boston. So yeah, so that movie, I really like that movie a lot for those reasons. I don't know if that's, you know, super common answer, but yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, I am at some point, because it is a common answer, going to do a supercut episode of 
journalist takes on Spotlight because I probably have about 15 at this point. Yeah, you should do that. It's like um, I'm the I'm the only one of my friends I know who who worships that movie. Like my friends all worship all the President's Men, but I just love Spotlight. And whenever I'm stressed out or feeling really blue about my job, like why am I doing this? I watch Spotlight. <laughs> I just feel better after I watch it, and so. I think you know, you know this is why we do it and we do it so we can change something or change somebody's mind or whether it doesn't have to be a huge big huge investigation like the spotlight team but it can you know an article that we do can change somebody's mind about some piece of culture or some person or some type of person and that's so important. I mean I know in, in these days it seems like it's getting harder and harder to do that because everyone's so set in their ways and people are also reading a lot of fake you know I can't want to use the word fake news but are reading news that's not verified or not real news <laughs> just the like sort of conspiracy theories and that's hard really hard I I notice it in myself because I I have friends and relatives back home who actually send me some of the conspiracy theories and say have you looked into this and I'm like wow <laughs> you know like really surprised because I'm, I'm I'm the journalist right and they're not reading the New York Times or the Washington Post or listening to NPR they're like picking these things up from Facebook and you know wherever else they're, they're picking them up from and and that's troubling because you don't know how to you don't know how to counter that and say well that's not reported because they don't Sometimes they don't know the difference. They don't know what we do. They don't understand that we go actually go out and interview people. They haven't seen Spotlight. They don't know what goes into the work. And that's another reason that, I mean, we can add this to the Supercut, that Spotlight's really good is because it sort of shows the work. It shows sort of most reporters aren't in it for the glory. They're in it to, to illuminate something. Because the, pro, the, the, the job itself is really hard work, and it's not glamorous at all. And it's hard. It's like, it's, it's uncomfortable. That's our show. Thanks for listening to this very special episode discussing the movie Spotlight. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you run out and watch it. And if it's been a while, it's definitely worth revisiting. If you like the podcast, please subscribe to it in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts, and give it a rating. Beyond that, it would be a huge help if you also write out a review saying what you think about the show. It helps get the podcast more attention. Follow or tweet at me on Twitter at, at @foreignpod. On Facebook, it's facebook.com/foreignpod. Above all, if you know someone who might like the podcast, please recommend it to them. The show is produced and edited by me. Our music is a track called "Love Chances" by Makai Beats. There's more information on that in the podcast description and on our show page. Please look for the next episode to be posted on Sunday, June 20th. Until then, I'm Jake Spring. And this is Foreign Correspondence.